0: In the morning, in any community, men, women, and children leave their homes.
1: From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxey, and this is Resound.
2: They are on the move, and as
0: they move, they do numerous things.
2: I'm going to sell you the 8-in fort. All right, and how many dollars? Let's go. I'm on a thousand where? You have it a thousand, thousand.
1: ReSound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sounds, sound bites, and little parcels of audio we procure from all over the world, on the air, the internet. We listen to everything we can get our ears on and then bring you the best of what we hear each week.
2: They work, they play, they study. I can die. I can die. I can die. 25, He's 84, 25. And most important of all, they buy.
1: We love to buy.
2: Buy one bag. Buy two bags.
1: We love to sell.
3: Goats for sale. One or a whole herd.
1: We love the thrill of the hunt, the joy of the kill, and the sweet satisfaction of scratching that acquisitional
4: itch. They're looking for a nice, comfortable uh, flat to wear with white pants, and mm-hmm. I think that's oh, yeah.
1: oh,
5: that do very, well.
6: very true. over 2,500 orders have already been placed. And remember, whether
1: thrifting, catalog browsing, shopping online, or haggling with street vendors, Only the exchange of goods is around us every day, all the time, all over the world. We just don't usually stop to think about it.
7: The stock market has just closed, and there has
1: been
8: a massive sell-off.
7: You'll also receive a squirt bottle and a super
9: chamois absolutely free.
1: Today on ReSound, selling, swapping, buying, and trading. Stay tuned. I
10: have the perfect necklace to match your dress, and you have a pretty smile.
1: Speaking of the thrill of the hunt, Anyone who works with me can tell you I am often given to bouts of internet real estate trolling. Cue fantasy music. I love to imagine that I have the money to buy a piece of land. In the forest, on the lake, view of the sunrise or sunset, and lots of peace and quiet. It doesn't have to be big. You know, small is fine. Maybe even really small. Teeny tiny. But maybe not quite this small. $3.95
11: 395 will get you a square inch in any state you choose. If you want to go for big bucks, 1995 starting out, you can get square inches of land in all 50 states.
6: This is Scott Moger speaking from some of the finest square inches of land in his native New York, Central Park. Mogers, the founder of Own a Piece of America, a company that allows anyone with $3.95 jingling around in their pocket to become a real, honest-to-goodness landowner. Not
11: that there aren't some rules. The deed spells it out quite clearly that you can't make any profit from your one square inch and uh, you can't build on your land, you can't live on your land, you can't retire on your land.
6: It was actually a retirement that kickstarted this whole business. When Moger's parents retired to Florida, he cleaned out their apartment.
11: My mother and father threw out all my baseball cards. But I did find something that I had when I was uh, 10, 11 years old. It was a deed to the Yukon. And that's a very interesting story.
6: Actually, it is. See, in the 50s, when Moger was 10, 11 years old, there was this radio show, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon.
12: Sergeant Preston was typical of the small band of Northwest Mounted Police who preserved law and order in the Yukon during the gold rush of 98. But in spite of the odds against them, the challenge of the North was answered, and justice ruled triumphant.
6: It was sponsored by Quaker Oats, and in 1954, Sergeant Preston was about to make his big jump from radio to TV. But the show's ratings were dropping, as were Quaker's sales. That's when they launched what Moger considers one of the greatest sales promotions ever.
11: They acquired land in the Yukon, and they offered a deed to the Yukon, a square inch of land, in every cereal box.
6: And Moger unearthed his original 1954 deed back in 81, when he was cleaning out his parents' apartment.
11: And that was my aha moment. I said, what else can I do similar, but better
6: up till then, Mogher had actually been in the movie business, marketing big blockbusters for Columbia Pictures. But he was so excited about this new endeavor that he put his film career to the side and started writing letters to brokers and real estate agents nationwide asking to buy an acre of land. He started with Alaska.
11: And it was an acre in Chitina.
6: That's uh, Chitina at Mile 34 of the Edgerton Highway. And
11: that cost $3,500. And I soon realized I couldn't buy 50 acres across the country at that money, so I did revise my letter and made sure they know that I wanted to pay $100, $200, wherever the acre might be.
6: Now, an acre of land contains about 6.3 million square inches, or as Scott Moger knows all too well...
11: Exactly, 6.272, 640 million square inches.
6: So you do the math. At 395 dollars a square inch, even with that 50 states for a 1995 deal, that could lead to a lot of bucks. And yet Moger says this is the first year he's pulling a profit. He's got a website to maintain, a four-person staff to pay, deeds to frame or mount on plaques, depending on the buyer's preference, plus the biggest expense of all.
11: Yes, we pay all the taxes, we do all the work for them, and you just sit back, have fun, and tell everybody, I own a land in Alaska.
6: Which, to be honest, sounded too good to be true when I first found Moger's company on the web. But if you do your homework, you'll see that he is listed as a landowner in the Valdez and Chitna Recorder's office. And he received approval from the SEC as a novelty item, which is just fine with him.
11: If by now you haven't figured out a square inch is just for fun, just for daydreaming, just to say I own land in Hawaii, as an example, because that's where you want to retire, you want to live there someday, or in Alaska, as it is many people's fantasies to own land or go to Alaska.
6: And in fact, Alaska is the fifth highest seller, right behind Florida. But if sales keep up, Moger predicts the last frontier will inch past the Sunshine State soon. Selling the U.S. One Inch
1: at a Time was produced by Rebecca Shear and originally aired on Alaska Public Radio.
10: Get a bag, 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 let's go. One dollar About 40 years in the bag there. you might to buy the bag.
0: What do you get for how much? You get $2 a bag. $2 a $2 a bag, $1.50. 80 bid now 90. 80 bidden 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90. 80 70,
13: 90.
10: Get a bag, 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 let's go. 1 dollar. Buy one bag.
1: Anyone who has ever sold so much as a glass of lemonade for a quarter can tell you that the art of the pitch is a make-it-or-break-it kind of talent. Some people are natural salesmen. And women. For the rest of us, there is a place where, if you want to sell lots of stuff to lots of people really, really fast,
14: you can learn how. Last summer I got to do something I've always wanted to do. I went to auctioneer school.
2: One dollar billion, now
3: two, now two, will you give me two? let Let's
2: go
14: two, My name's Ned Sublet, and for the next half hour, I'd like to invite you to be a fly on the wall with me at the Missouri Auction School in Kansas City, where for four hundred twenty-five dollars and two weeks of your time, they'll make an auctioneer out of you.
9: Three dollars now four. Three $3.00 now four. Okay, let's try it again. Five now fifty
3: now twenty now twenty-five. 40 now 45 now 50 now 55 now 60 now 65 now 70 now 75 now 80 now 85
4: now 90 now 95 now 100
9: I'm hearing a few of you that we're going to have to have big counting school today.
4: <laughs>
9: now, if we can't count in fives and tens and twenties and twenty-fives and fifties and hundreds and two-fifties, and I'm talking $250 or $2.50 forwards and backwards, it's a long road to here for the next ten days now boy you think about this you've got to count you've got to be able to count and it's got to come just as automatic as breathing I, I really mean it and you better today and tonight you better be practicing counting in your sleep oh because it cannot be thought you can't think about it there's too many things to be up there whatever you're selling to sort out in your bid taking then you can't be thinking what, what's my next figure You've got to practice psychology full-time on your people. That's a full-time job up here. All this other jazz that you're doing, is that's got to come automatic. You're counting, you're breathing, your are big chant. That's got to be automatic. You've got to be figuring people out, out of a crowd out there. So that's got to be, I'm really going to harp on you on that. You guys, you practice that counting, That can be done going down the road in your car, taking bids from telephone poles, and just practice it.
2: Practice counting. I'm going to sell you the 8 in Ford. All right, and how many dollars? Let's go. I'm on 1,000 where? Yeah, but 1,000. 1,900 now 1,000. 900 now 1,000. 1,000 a 1,000 now 1,100. I'm at 1,000 here now 11 a 12. 12 12. Yumb at 12. Yum, at 12. Man, 12. I'm at 1,200 now 13. 13 now 14. 13 now 14. 14, 15 now 14. 14 now 15. I'm at 14 here now 15, 15. We'll have 50. Yum, to 50. Say 50. And now 15. Yum, to 15. Yum, to 15. Sold them out 14, 50.
12: Um let's sell the color television set 19 inches and brand new in the box i'm gonna get 200 a little bit for it. give me 200 a little bit give me 100 and let's run me 100 a little bit a little bit hundred a little bit now one and a quarter 100 here now 125 now one and a little bit now 75 one a little bit now 75 now 85 85 now 200 200 now two and a quarter in the back two and a quarter now two and each two a little bit now 75 a little bit now 75 75 give me 260 one time 260 now 75 stars. 275 now 85 sir 85 now 300 285 a little bit now 300 300 sold out 285 in the back number 38.
7: There are people that constantly want to go broke in the restaurant business. Down home in the public square, they'd line up two or three times around the square waiting to go broke in the restaurant business because Mama has good apple pie, and they are going to get rich in the restaurant business. And it's about the highest fatality business you can get into. So consequently, there's a great opportunity there for you as an auctioneer to liquidate these restaurants. And you'll find in the auction business that the other auctioneers are not your competitors. And by that, I mean, you go by the restaurant one day and you eat, and you go back the next week and everything's gone, and you say, what happened? Well, the guy went out of business, and what did he do? Did he think of calling an auctioneer? Did he call you? No. Did you lose it to one of your competitors? No. There wasn't an auction. He sold these fixtures and equipment back to the guy he bought them from. Now, how smart is that? I always look at it like if you've got a amount of items to sell, the bigger the amount of items, the smaller the nucleus of people that can bid on that item in bulk. Now, if you take the the massive items and divide it out into pieces then there's a lot of people who can buy a deep fryer or a range or an oven or some table and chairs and things like that I went to an auction one day that an auctioneer did down in our part of the country he was a traveling auctioneer as I called it, he was going around the country liquidating a certain chain of restaurants that had gone out and I was just absolutely amazed we went in and the tables and chairs, there was a table and four chairs just like they sat in the restaurant the whole restaurant looked like that the table and four chairs and I thought surely, surely he's not going to sell a table and four chairs for one money we got in there he said choice out of the table and chairs sold brought $30 for a table and four good chairs and the guy that is a local restaurant equipment fixture person there in town bought them and of course took them all and now this same guy comes to my auctions and doesn't buy anything that makes me feel good. I know that it's bringing pretty good or he'd, he'd be a bidder, but this guy's auction, you know, he was just there and didn't, you know, really care. He was more interested in having a big fancy loud chant, having his ringmen yipping and yapping, putting on a big show. He was too concerned with himself to sell anything.
14: My name is Ned Silver from New York City and we're gonna sell a choice on these hog oilers. All right, who'll start me out? Would it start me out on 100? Would it give 100? Who'll give me a hundred? Who'll make it a hundred? Well, fifty then. Who'll give me fifty? Yep. Fifty now seventy-five. Who'll give me seventy okay, five? He's handing fifty. Look at that you want him to give 75. Fifty now seventy-five, seventy-five. What'd he give me seventy-five? Fifty dollar better now, seventy-five, seventy-five, would he give me seventy-five? Yep. Seventy-five now a hundred. Seventy-five dollar better now a hundred. Now a hundred. Would he give a hundred? Seventy five dollar Okay.
7: If you'll say, if you say $75 bid, now 100 now 100 will you give me 100 $75 bid, now 100 now $100, will you give me $100? $75 bid, now 100 now 100 will you give me $100? 100 gets old. Okay? So do this. Say $75 bid, now 100 now 100 will you give me 100 Okay? Instead of 100 say 100 on the end. Now say 100 up front. Say $75 bid, now 100 now 100 will you give me $100? $75 bid, now 100 $75 bid, now $100, now $100. $75 bid, now $100, now $100. Will you give me $100?
15: That
7: $100 adds a little spark to it and that gets monotonous, okay? So say $75 bid, now 100 now 100 Will you give me
14: 100 Seventy well sort of you know, like five dollar bid now, hundred now, hundred will you give me mean, one hundred? Seventy five dollar bid now, hundred now, hundred will you give me one hundred? Seventy five dollar
2: bid now, hundred now, hundred will you give me one hundred? I'm at one, one dollar, one, one, one one here now, quarter on. no. yeah, no, one, quarter, quarter, quarter one, one, quarter one, quarter one, quarter one, quarter one, quarter one, half one, half, 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 one, half, seventy five. I have one and a half, one, seventy five, bid it Two and a quarter, 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 two and a half, two and a half and seventy five. See, but you can always, if you've got your very basic, you can always go back. One, two and a half, seventy-five, seventy-five, three, three, three 75. Three, three, three and a quarter. I'm bid three, three and a quarter, quarter. Here now, have three and a half, fifty, seventy-five, four, four, four and a quarter, a quarter. A quarter, four and a, half, four and a half, four and a half, and 75. Betty B- bought her, butter, bought some she butter. butter, she she butter,
14: she butter. St- but she said this butter bitter. If I put it in butter, butter, it my powder, batter, it will make my batter better. So she bought a, a bit of better butter. Bitter, butter put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter. Better. So just better. Betty bought bought a bit of better butter. Now the quarter drip. One 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 a quarter, one and a quarter, and a quarter, two and a quarter, and a quarter,
4: three and a quarter, 75. When I was back in high school, they always have these career days and stuff like that. You know, a doctor'll come in, or or a lawyer or a real estate man'll come in. I thought, I've always wanted to be an auctioneer. But i just always been told unless you grew up in it and had great connections, the chances of you getting to be an auctioneer just be pretty crappy. I I guess I really got big interested in it my freshman year in college. I really, I just didn't like school when I first went off. I just decided one day I had a friend come down to visit me from Sulphur Springs and I thought, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to go out and try to find that Leroy Van Dyke tape. I just, I just made up my mind. Well, I'm going to go try to find that tape, and I'm just going to start trying to work on being a little auctioneer. So I went out, and I spent all the one after one Saturday afternoon looking through Walmarts and everything else and those old tape racks for, the like, the $3.99 specials and $2.99 stuff with Slim Whitman here and everybody else there. So I looked long enough, and I finally found it on the back of this tape about, you know, 20 songs on it, I finally found it, the auctioneer song.
14: There was a boy in Arkansas who wouldn't listen to his ma when she told him that he should go to school. He'd sneak away in the afternoon, take a little walk, then pretty soon you'd find him at the local auction barn. He'd stand and listen carefully, then pretty soon he began to see how the auctioneer could talk so rapidly. He said, oh my, it's hard I've got to learn that auction cry. i got to make my mark and be an auctioneer. $25 bidder now, $30, 30
5: will give
4: me $30, make it 30 bidder to mama, $30, will give me 30 And I got to thinking, I go, you know, I can break this down, and I, I can learn this. So when my parents were down that weekend, I, I kind of got in there and kind of sang them a little rough version of the song. And, and I guess that's really when I really got a fire in me about auctioneering. Because my dad said, "Oh, that you know that's good." He goes, "You can, you know, you can lip sync to that sometime and and do do real good. That'd make a real good little skit for you to do sometime. You would really like to do skits." And of course, I got so hacked off because I thought, "Oh God, if he doesn't think that I can do this, boy," I said, "Well, I'm gonna learn it, do or die now." All right, here we go. And who give a thousand dollars for? I'm a three hundred now four. That three hundred now four hundred dollar bend, did a bump,
7: four hundred now five hundred dollar bend, did a bump, four now for you now five. That four now for now five hundred dollar bill now half. now have now six now six hundred to you now quarter. That six hundred now quarter now half now have an honor bend, did about seventy five, seventy five, eighty five, eighty five, you're now seven hundred dollars on. I'm a six here now seven now seven hundred to you now ten. That's seven hundred to you now ten. Now twenty five, twenty five, you're now thirty five, thirty five, you're now fifty. That's seven here now fifty. Are you done with seven here now fifty? I sold it to you seven hundred.
13: How many of you that are here that someone back home, someone else in the auction business said, look, Charlie, you go to auction school, and when you get home, I'm going to help you all you need help, okay? Anybody in here like that? Okay. What I'm going to tell you is you be very careful when you get back home, okay? We are arming you with a nuclear warhead in two weeks. And these same people that told you that will probably, probably consider you the enemy. Because now you can do what they can do. You may not do it as good as they can do it, but probably you can do it better than they can do it. Because you know what they're doing? And here you go, 35, and I'm 40, and them people out there in the crowd says, boy, listen, to that old boy go, you know? <laughs> they don't want to hear this. That's bad. So when you crawl up on that auction block of that auctioneer that invites you to get up there, don't you blow his socks off. You just get up there and approach it pretty keenly, okay? You'll make two trips to the auction block in one trip, your first and your last. If you get up there and try to blow the owner of an auction away because you are going to show him you're better than he is now. I'm not telling you to be bad, I'm telling you to be smart, okay? Use your brain. Now, first of all, you gotta realize the reason they want you there is because they need to use the restroom, okay? Now, let's be truthful. The only reason you're going to get up there is because they need to go to the bathroom. They're hurting at this point, but you're the only candidate out there. Okay? And there you are, standing over there, just chomping at the bits, wanting to get that mic in your hand, to show all the home folks, and you get up there, and he gets down, and you're up there doing this, and no one has introduced you or nothing, the first thing you do is say, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Neil Davis, and I'd like to tell you about old John here. John is one of my favorite auctioneers. He's helped me a lot. He was part of the reason I went to auction school. Now, John's going toward the bathroom, and his old knees go like that. Because John's got to turn around and come back. He can't let you die at this point. Now, you've associated yourself with John, so John's going to turn around. He will come back. John will even probably set in the first two or three items for you so that you'll do well. Okay? John's not going to let you fall on your face. John is in trouble at this point. Now he's going to have to hold it just a bit longer. And I think that you need to be smart enough that as soon as John puts you up there and does not introduce you, you lay it on him.
3: Ten, ten, twenty, twenty, thirty, thirty, forty, forty, fifty, fifty, sixty, sixty, seventy, seventy, eighty, eighty, ninety, 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 eighty, eighty, seventy,
10: seventy, sixty, sixty, fifty, fifty, forty, forty, thirty, thirty, twenty, twenty, ten, 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 twenty, twenty, thirty, thirty, forty, forty, fifty, fifty,
3: sixty, sixty, seventy, seventy, eighty, eighty, ninety, 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 eighty, eighty, seventy, seventy, sixty, sixty, fifty, fifty, forty, forty, thirty, thirty, twenty, twenty, ten, ten. 10, 10, 20, 20, 30, 30, 40, 40, 50, 50, 50, 60, 60, 70, 70, 80, 80, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90 80, 80, 70, 70, 60, 60, 50, forty thirty thirty twenty twenty ten 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 twenty twenty thirty, 30 40, forty fifty fifty sixty sixty seventy eighty eighty, 80 ninety 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 eighty 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 seventy sixty sixty fifty forty thirty, 30, 50, 40, 30 20, twenty ten 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 twenty twenty thirty forty fifty fifty sixty seventy eighty 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 nine ninety eighty 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 seventy sixty sixty fifty forty thirty twenty ten 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 20, 20, 30, 30, 40, 40, 50, 50, 50, 60, 60, 70, 70, 80, 80, 90, 90, 90, 90 80. Seven, sixty, sixty, fifty, 50, 50 40, forty, forty, thirty, 30 40, 40, 10, twenty, twenty, ten, 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 10 vale twenty, twenty, 30, thirty, forty, forty, fifty, fifty, sixty, sixty, seventy, seventy, eighty, eight, 80, nine, 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 80 80, eighty, eighty, seventy, seventy, sixty, 60 50, 50, fifty, forty, forty, 30, thirty, twenty, twenty, ten, 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 twenty, twenty, thirty, forty, forty, fifty, fifty, sixty, sixty, seventy, eighty, eighty, ninety, 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 eighty, seventy, seventy, sixty, sixty, fifty, forty, thirty, thirty, twenty, ten, ten, twenty, twenty, thirty, forty, forty, fifty, 60, 70, 80, 40, 30, 30, 30, 40, fifty, sixty, sixty, seventy, seventy, eighty,
15: when I started in the auction business, I sold a little bit of everything. I sold automobiles two days a week. I sold registered horse auctions. I sold purebred cattle auctions, liquidations, uh, consignment auctions. I sold about 250 auctions a year, just to anything and everything that people wanted to sell. And then as time went on, and I got uh, uh, a couple of more bucks together why I started eliminating the auctions that I didn't like. And the ones that I frankly didn't like were the car auctions. That was the one that I liked the least because back in those days, they didn't have the ventilation system and the old Smokies come in there and they couldn't shut them off and you'd go home at night with a sick headache from breathing all that carbon monoxide. And I uh, that was the first one I quit. I was after I got to where I could start eliminating. And then I specialized strictly for years in just selling purebred cattle. <laughs>
1: It's a man's world ladies, it really is, and it's going to be tough. It's tough for me still, it really is, it's hard work, and especially if if you're interested in going into any kind of livestock, Uh, it's a a very hard uh, job to be into because you're working mainly with the men, and uh, it's not that I can't get along with them, it's just we don't always agree.
15: Some of the most fabulous things are going on in this business uh, and especially when we talk about artificial insemination and all because today we're selling semen from bulls that have been dead for 20 years. I sold some semen from a bull. Been, it cost $2 when he was alive. $2 an ampule. It's now bringing $1,000 an ampule because he didn't prove to be great until he was dead. And then, after he was dead, everybody that had daughters of him, they suddenly came to the front and they were very, very popular and won all the shows and, and so on. And so that $2 semen went to $1,000. And uh, this is hard to believe, but one particular bull today, there's eight ampules of semen left in the world. He's been dead for years and years. But if you can talk him out of one of those ampules of semen, it's $200,000. It was only $25 when he was alive. And so we're selling fertilized eggs now, too. See, you can freeze that semen and keep it indefinitely. We don't have any idea how long because some of that 20-year-old semen still good, frozen at 320 below zero. And uh, we're selling fertilized eggs now. Super ovulate a cow, give her an injection to make her lay a cluster of eggs, breed her artificially, extract those eggs and freeze them. And then when you want some more calves out of that cow, you thaw the egg out, transplant it in a donor cow, and let her go ahead and give her... <laughs> One cow that I superovulated out here just a year or so ago, we got 76 eggs out of her in one heat period. 36 good eggs, fertile eggs, that could be transplanted. Well, she couldn't live long enough to have 36 calves, yet she could have produced 36 off of just one cycle. I, super ov- I have another cow that uh, has 100 calves, already has 100 calves, because she's been superovulated a number of times. And we sell these eggs at some of these auction these fertile eggs, bring five thousand bucks a piece. So it's a fabulous deal.
12: Iowa here selling out a little general store now we uh, got our topper set right up on Main Street the mayor said just go ahead and block the street off and that's what we did and rural economy is taking a real shot in our area uh, these little towns are are dwindling and dying and you hate to go in there and sell out really the backbone of the whole community it is exactly what I did here we sold out the hardware store the implement or the, uh, the appliance the grocery dry goods all in one he had one store there it was a general store and behind it he had the locker plant egg handling business everything we liquidated the whole thing in two day, in a two day run <laughs> and there just shows you another shot in the front of the topper how we sell out of the topper there and, and um, there's my guys working the ring it's an autumn day kind of cool windy but uh, we had a big crowd out there's what you like to see you see that buyer's number way up in the air there he's giving me a good strong bid there and i got him right in we sold this store, took us two days to do it, liquidating everything refrigerators, freezers, washers, dryers, paint, hard, uh, all the hardware, dry goods, etc., etc. He had a basement full of antiques, old antique items that brought tremendous money, old advertising pieces. The property, however, that we sold his brick building that you saw there, the building that adjoined it that he had his appliance store in, the locker plant, which the whole town used, rented their lockers for freezer space plus his egg canley facility and egg buying station in the back. We sold the real estate at auction that day, too. I had one bid on that property for $5,000, and that was it. So that's how tough times are, and I don't have to tell some of you folks that. You know that because you come from small communities. Houses in this little town here uh, that would be a in Des Moines would be a $40,000 home. We'll sell there for $1,500. So uh, it's, just, it's just tough out there. But the products themselves, people still have to eat. They still have to clothes themselves. They still have to wash and dry. And they need irons and they need, uh, they need the tool sets. So that kind of thing still sells relatively well out in rural America. But this real estate in these small towns is murderously hard to sell.
2: Sometimes that the first person who may know that the farmer is going to quit this fall is like the co-op diesel fuel delivery guy. He may be driving out there right now, this week, and going to top off the two big tanks. Whenever he's in that area of the county, they always stop in and and top off all the tanks, of course. And so as he's driving in the lane, the farmer flags him down and says, hey, just fill the 500-gallon tank, leave the 1,000-gallon tank because, uh, you know, all I need is enough diesel fuel to get through harvest this fall. going to be lining up the machinery after the first of the year. He hasn't told anybody, but he told that truck driver this morning, see. Okay, you need that truck driver to be able to give you a call this evening, let you know that, that Farmer Jones out here was going to, uh, was going to sell out, and, and he said, don't fill out the two big tanks. Then it's pretty easy to stop in, and if he happens to be in and around the, the farmstead there somewhere, then you can introduce yourself, and you say you're out in the community and working in this area and soliciting auction sales and wonder if you happen to know of anybody that's thinking about quitting. See, and, and you can leave it up to him to expose as much as he wants to. If he's tight-lipped about it, then hey, you don't want to bring it up either, fair enough. And so you just got to handle it with kid gloves.
14: What were you running, and how has it changed?
16: Grain and livestock. And we're still in the grain, and we're not right now in the livestock, but we are getting back into the livestock. So it really hasn't changed. We've just changed our uh, way of doing things. We've reduced our equipment and are starting back up the ladder again, is what you would say, really and we're just working back to where we were. What happened to force you out of the livestock business? Well, whenever you get in financial trouble in our business, the livestock goes first. To reduce your assets, they take your livestock away to try to help help make payments on the equipment. Because we had a couple dry years in a row, Mm -hmm. and that just keeps piling up and piling up. And so you sell the livestock. To reduce that, that's the first thing to go. Kept all the land, kept some of the stuff around, and sold all the livestock.
14: How was the sale billed? Was it billed as a bank sale or as your sale or?
16: No, just a public sale. It wasn't a closeout sale. It wasn't a bankruptcy sale. It was just a regular farm sale to reduce, to change. As they put it now, to change your farming operation. What it is is sell your stuff off so you can pay your debts and go on. What was it like getting ready for that? It was terror. It was a lot of distress on everybody. We worked a month before the sale, and it was a full month. We cleaned all the machinery up, did all needed repairs, not many. We made sure everything looked brand new. Everything was looking brand new when we sold it. It would have been representable if we wouldn't have cleaned it up, but that's not the way we operate.
14: How did your dad handle it? Was he embarrassed?
16: We uh, handled it the best we could. And sure, somebody's going to feel embarrassed. But it was nothing new. Everybody was having trouble and realized it. And he's a he gets along with everyone in the community. He just kind of kept to himself. We just kind of kept to ourselves and did what we had to do.
14: How did you find an auctioneer?
16: Uh, my grandpa's an auctioneer. We offered him the job, and he didn't want the responsibility and the worry that things wouldn't bring. And so he mentioned two buddies of his that he thought were real respectable auctioneers. And we called them up, and they come right over. Real nice guys.
14: Now, you're you're here going to auctioneer school. Your grandpa was an auctioneer. How would you handle a forced sale if you had to do one? When you got home?
16: Well to the best I can. I, I can sympathize with the people and they know it because if I get the sale it'll be around home anyway and they'll probably have known that we had a sale and I'll handle it to the best I can without any pain to them.
15: Dick DeWeese will hand you your diploma. When you get your diploma make sure that it's correct. If they misspelled your name or anything, or you got the wrong diploma, well, we want to get it straightened out. (laughs) (laughs) here we go. Here we go. Colonel Scott Boyer.
9: Colonel David
4: Brown.
14: This program was recorded at the Missouri Auction School in Colonel Kansas Larry City. Butler. It was edited at Harvest Works in New York Colonel City William and produced Hunten. by
16: Colonel Ned Sublet.
14: Colonel Ned Sublet. And if you need an auctioneer, give me a call.
16: Jimmy
15: nice having you with us. We'll Thank you. Oh, bye. <laughs> Colonel Michael Van Zandt.
1: The Auctioneer was produced by musicologist Ned Sublett. It was commissioned by New American Radio in 1989. For 10 years, New American Radio was a weekly national series that commissioned and distributed over 300 original works. For a link to their archive, containing hundreds of interesting, artsy, and experimental works, visit our website at thirdcoastfestival.org. You're listening to ReSound from the Third Coast Festival. I'm Gwen Maxi. Let's exchange something. Say, for instance, an email. You send, we answer. Questions, comments, rants, and raves can be sent to ReSound at thirdcoastfestival.org. The real center of exchange in this country, on the grandest scale, would have to be the mercantile exchange in New York, a place where commodity prices are set and reset every minute. And deals have traditionally been made by a crazy cacophony of screaming voices and flailing arms, referred to as open outcry trading. In the last 10 years or so, the mercantile exchange has gone quiet. The screaming traders of yore are now mostly replaced by computers. Luckily for us, the sound of open outcry trading was captured by media artist Ben Rubin, when in 2002, he used it in a sound installation that he did for the reopening of the Winter Garden, a vast indoor atrium space near Ground Zero that was destroyed in the 9-11 attacks. We talked with Ben about the project and had him set the scene.
10: The New York Mercantile Exchange, it's where the price of... You know barrels of oil. When you hear uh, the price of uh, of oil has risen to $110 a barrel today, that price is established in the pit of the the oil section of the uh, Mercantile Exchange, and so. What you have there is a, a very, very large room, football field size room with one central trading pit. And this pit is a it, it's a giant circle that has steps going down into a central floor. And the traders stand on those steps. So the, it's sort of like standing room bleachers or something. And They are all, during the trading day, they are just shouting at each other, just sort of climbing up on each other's shoulders practically, waving their arms and and screaming at the top of their lungs, and trying to attract each other's attention and, uh, and actually close deals. As they close these deals, that is effectively setting the price. I have a friend who used to work at the mercantile exchange. He worked upstairs in the offices. At that time, my friend was actually working on a project to automate the trading of the mercantile exchange. And in fact, today, I believe there is no longer any open outcry trading on the floor as there was at that time. And so I knew that the days of this this sound were numbered and once it was over it would be over and no one would ever hear this again. I'm really glad now that the document of it, this particular document exists. Um, I mean, it, you know, it's been documented in other ways, but um, I don't know that anyone's ever sort of gone in-depth thinking about the sound and now that sound is gone.
1: That was media artist Ben Rubin. Now let's hear his piece. Open outcry. Silver down 374. So Orange Juice Up down
3: ninety-four. Matin down forty-nine zero eating oil. Zero. Up eighty-one fifty. Cotton. Up forty-five eighty. Cotton. Up forty-five ninety. Orange juice down ninety-four fifty-five.
1: Gold down thirty two fourteen. Silver
6: up forty four seventy eight. Platinum down. Crude oil zero, down thirty forty eight. Cotton platinum 49, down 49, 49, zero, 0, Platinum.
14: Cotton zero, down forty five eighty five.
1: Silver up forty four seventy eight. Crude oil up thirty fifty three. Silver.
6: Silver seven
11: down, Four people, people, baton, down, 49, zero, zero. Sometimes I say to people, didn't you hear me bidding? And I know if they say, I didn't hear you, I know they're not telling me the truth. Because people always hear my voice, it's it's unique and it's a strong voice too. If I'm selling octobers, you know you don't say you, you say ox and you don't say the full handle, just say like ox at ten. So I would just yell out ox at ten.
8: seventy bid. Bye, him, buy him, twenty-five. So twenty-five. Ox seventy-five bid at seventy-eight. Buy 10 Six at bid. Six so bid. Seven bid.
16: Ox seven bid. Seven bid. at nine. Ock, ock, nine. Twenty-five. Peace.
2: eighty-four. Buy him, Twenty-five. Peace
7: 185 ock, ock, 85. Ock, ock, 85.
8: 85. 100 by 100. You're not listening to one person at a time, you're hearing everybody speak at the same time. It's like going to a symphony and hearing every piece of the orchestra, but yet hearing the music at the same time.
15: And in, and in the midst of that, you may observe, for instance, a broker that you've traded with for years. You know what his face looks like when he's laughing. You know what his face looks like when he's upset about something at home and suddenly he's got a nervous look.
8: You can tell when somebody's bluffing, when somebody's not bluffing, and this is, these are all skills that are you know learned over time. It's really an internal gut feeling, and as far as just seeing the expression on somebody's face, the way that somebody's breathing, the way that somebody's leaning on someone else. Uh, I always knew when the guy behind me had a real order, because when he had a big, big order, he used to take my shoulder and shove it to the ground trying to hold himself up.
16: Ah! These two-fifth, These two-fifth two, he's two-fifth two, two. So 50, these are two. I'll take so ten. Nobody! big. No big. No big. over
3: big. No big. big. No big.
16: Nobody
11: big. big.
6: No big. No big. No No big. five and a half! And a
1: half. Two. Nebby, and a half. No 2! No No
6: big. No No No
14: Gasoline,
6: natural gas.
11: Crude oil, natural gas. Well, I've been in the ring 32 years. How do I sound? You know, uh, the open outcry system, which is probably, some people may look as an antiquated system, is probably the most sophisticated, timely system uh, that's in existence today.
4: If you believe in if you believe in it in
8: a marketplace, this is as pure a form as it gets. If everybody's buying, it's gonna to be tougher to buy, right, simple as that. Just because you wanna sell it at $29.55 and you're offering twenty-nine fifty-five, the guy next to you could be selling it, the guy in front of you could be selling it, the guy behind you could be selling it, and you might not have sold anything.
5: Volatility makes money, war creates turmoil, turmoil creates opportunity. I'm not suggesting that people want terrible Outcomes, but I am suggesting that a lot of people depend on them.
8: It's all fifty. Buy fifty, d-day d-day. I'm out. i only five bids. I've only five bids. A hundred decent half. Buy them. So. hundred. Only three bids. Buy them. hundred. Dees, how's Dees? Dees a half bid. These a half bid. Buy twenty-five. these one bid. So twenty. The temper is There's a lot of money flying around moment to moment, you know. And um, there's a classic story. Actually, it's about my father. And there was a time in Silver when uh, he got into an argument with somebody, and he had their neck down against the rail. And a guy looked at him and he says, "Marty, even though that you know you're chairman of the floor committee, I'm gonna have to find you 500 bucks for this." And so he looks at the guy. He puts he, he keeps one hand on the guy's neck takes the other hand in his pocket, throws down a thousand bucks, and says, double it because I'm going to finish him off. You know, two minutes later, they're out having a cup of coffee together.
16: Martin at 23. My big. Martin at 23. 50 at 23. Too big. Martin at 50 at 23.
6: Aluminum, up. Orange juice, up. Platinum, down.
5: There were members
1: in good standing that had been on the trading floor the day before September 11th that we would never see again. And I think people were very, very aware of their absence. In fact, the first trading day, for at least the first trading day, some of their positions in the pit were sort of silhouetted by their, the outline of their footprints and people wouldn't step into those spots. Open Outcry, produced by Ben Rubin, won the Best Documentary Honorable Mention Award in the 2003 Third Coast Richard H. Greenhouse Foundation Competition.
12: This particular piece of money is just starting in circulation. What will happen to it? What will it be used for? Swap shop, hello?
11: Hello! Hey! Yes, I'd like to put on a little rat terrier four-month-old pup with papers on their sloppy shop today?
12: This is one of the most common ways in which we all use money, as a medium of exchange for goods.
1: The New York Stock Exchange is one kind of marketplace. Loud, chaotic, crowded, and extremely fast-paced. At the other end of the spectrum is a marketplace with a slower rhythm. Quiet, simple, one person at a time. It's not a store exactly, but it is a place where you can get almost anything. It's called The Swap Shop from WENKWTPR in northwest Tennessee. Dan Collison and Elizabeth Meister bring us this portrait of The Swap Shop, including original music composed by Kurt Wagner of the band Lamb Chop.
10: WENK Union City. WTPR Paris. WTPR FM McKinnon Paris Lansing. It's 12
0: noon, and time now to swap and shop. The swap shop. I am uh, Terry Haley. I've been hosting the swap shop for 25 years, something like that, and I've been the mayor of town for uh, 18 years. Swap shop is a community service program brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, by your friends at Hills Hardware. The format of the show uh, is pretty simple. We uh, take items that people mail us. We take items that are emailed. Take telephone calls live on the air. Swap shop, hello.
11: Hello. Hey! Yes, I'd like to put on a little rat terrier four-month-old pup with papers on their swapping shop today.
3: Right. I've still got one of them little Boston terrier pups. All right. He's a male and his
9: feet's
3: never been on the ground. We have goats for sale. Goats for sale. One or a whole herd.
0: It's been going yeah, 42, since 1946. Um, I guess it's just as popular today as it ever was. A lot of people, back when I was growing up, maybe you were uh, picking cotton or maybe you were uh, working in the field or doing something You'd come to the house at noon to eat and the swap shop would be on.
5: I like to buy a good used paperback the Bible, and I've got some things that I'd like to put on out there, like a pony cart in an old bird bath, a kitchen safe in a rocking chair, you can turn me on, any day at noon.
0: pretty much all of our listening area is basically rural and farm swap shop hello yeah this is uh father state i'd like to put a 1950 8n4 tractor on swap shop please would like to buy horse watering trough must be concrete with no cracks in it i think in a rural setting that people still have a lot of those core values uh, that made uh, the country as strong as it is, and uh, one of those core values, of course, is uh, to conserve and to buy only the things they need and try to repair what they have. Swap shop, hello.
12: Yes, sir. I'd like to buy an RCA 27-inch colored TV, non-working. I need the parts. Yeah, I'd like
5: to put on a four-month-old rat terrier pup. think he's a man and he's marked up pretty in everything. This woman's got some goats, but his feet's never been on the ground. You can just buy one, or you can have.
0: like to buy a good-used paperback living Bible for a UTM student. When things take a turn for the worst in the economy, your swap shop heats up. I have an old, it's a child's, old
12: rocking horse for sale and a tabletop pinball machine with lights and noise and everything. Mm-hmm. Both of them
0: for $10. People are selling things more in earnest. Still have a child's rocking horse for $5. Not a thing in the world wrong with it. Just don't want it. Swap and chop, hello.
9: Hello. Hey. I've got some things I won't put on. Well, let's do it. Pony card. Hello, you're on the okay. air. Hello. Hey. I've got a, a big bunch. <laughs> okay. i got
0: a pony card. I really don't know anything about her other than she calls a whole lot. And I know that sometimes she's a little bit difficult to understand what she's saying.
9: I want to put on an old world war thing and bow.
0: but I try my best to strain to understand it and repeat it. A washstand and bowl and a rocking chair.
9: And a pony cart.
0: A pony cart.
9: Uh-huh. A mule mower.
0: A mule mower? That's a mower than a mule pulls. An
9: old kettle.
0: An old kettle.
9: Born. Bird
0: that's a bird bath.
9: Old kitchen safe.
0: An old kitchen safe? Well, down here in the South, it could be like a pie safe. That would be sort of like a cabinet in which uh, people used to bake pies, and they'd set them over there in the pie safe.
9: And my number is eight eight six six four five.
0: Well, that's not enough numbers. Eight eight six six four five. Uh huh. You know,
9: eight eight six five six six four five.
0: Well, no, that's too many numbers. <laughs> okay, now let's start again.
5: 866. An okay. Ariba design. A size 8-prong pageant dress. And it's icy blue. With sequins worn just once. And an
0: adjutant prom dress slit above the knee. You got it. 100.
5: And daily, there's an old drive shaft in the same Berkelon recliner. It's green and its cloth, and it's been used very little. Yes,
0: I have a Berkline rocker recliner for sale. We have this lady in Puryear, Tennessee, which is over near Paris. So she's been trying to sell a Berkline recliner on there since Christmas. She bought it, said she paid too much, she'd want to have her money back.
5: It's been used very, very little.
2: It's green and it's cloth with a little bit of tweed color in it. Swap shop, hello. And, uh,
0: well, hello there. We have a guy that calls just about every day, and he's got an old drive shaft from an old Chevrolet. Well, it still got the 72 El Camino drive shaft. You know, I try and to get people to buy the to drive shaft and the Berkline recliner. Because you might take some of the proceeds that you get from that, and we'll buy that Berkline recliner over at Perrier. Well, you have to go in, but I don't know how we'd split it. <laughs> Here's a Thomasville maple dining table that uh, sets up to 14 with six chairs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As they just sit on top of each other. Hooker Entertainment, $600. That seat <laughs> people, but just have six <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, Depending, I guess, pretty cheap, huh? Or maybe it's expensive, I don't know. I haven't done that lately. It's actually a Hooker Entertainment Center. Swapping and alone? hello? Well, I figured out where the two other people would have to sit at the table. If there's six, everybody's going to have one in their lap, and then I guess two are on the table. That's the hooker entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, tell me this. Is that a good price or is, is that high? Yeah, Boy, I tell you. But I've got a 1955 <laughs> Chevrolet pickup truck flatbed, three-quarter ton. Public service uh, programs like this today. that involve folks are really important for the local community. I think it's going to be even more important to us in the broadcasting business, particularly you know with your clear channels and your, your satellite radios. And certainly, it behooves a station like us or anybody else to be as local as they possibly can be, because that, in the end, is really all you've got. And that's going to wrap it up for the swapping and shopping today because we've run out of time. Join us tomorrow for another edition of the Swap Shop.
5: Guess I'd like to sell a good used paperback, Living Bible.
1: The Swap Shop was produced by Dan Collison and Elizabeth Meister as part of the Heartland Chronicles from Longhaul Productions. The music you heard was called Paperback Bible and was written and sung by Nashville based musician Kurt Wagner of the band Lamb Chop. You can still tune into the swap shop now in its 65th year.
5: I've got those low, I coat my hat or shoes. Nothing down was easy. Till the payments to squeeze me. No money down.
1: In the public radio world, the marketplace is a little different from the rest of the world. We give you stuff for free and just hope that you'll put a little something in the tip jar. Today we'd like to take time to thank some of the people who did just that. Jerry Maxi. Thanks, Mom. And John Watts. Thank you so much for stepping up to become monthly contributors in our last fundraiser. We could not do it without you. money
5: down blues I know that I should never save my money Our economy might falter if I do Yet broke is never, ever funny.
1: ReSound is a production of the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxey. The program is produced by Katie Mingle and curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. The Third Coast interns are Danielle Izel and Julia Wetherill. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear hundreds of outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcast. Lead support for the Third Coast Festival is provided by the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Boeing Company Charitable Trust, the Agadino Foundation, Chicago's Navy Pier, American Airlines, and the Illinois Arts Council, a state agency. Special thanks to the many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. The Third Coast Festival was founded in 2000 by WBEZ Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else. When I
5: put my obligations, I Everything I had, they seized and took it right back.